Good evening. Today is October 17th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter slash step is We Agnostics. And our speaker tonight is the wonderful Kelly B. Thank you, Kelly. Take it away. Thank you, Ian. Uh, hi, everyone. Kelly B, Recover Compulsive Overeater. Uh, super grateful to be here today. Uh, I was meditating on what I wanted to share. And I think I'm going to focus on page 45 for We Agnostics, um, because I feel like that is just what's calling to me right now. Um, so the theme of my share, lack of power, that was our dilemma. Um, we had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves, obviously, but where and how do we find this power? So kind of talking about it through the lens of like what it was like, what happened and what it's like now, you know, I, so growing up, I grew, grew up as a Catholic. So I got the sacraments, I got the, you know, um, confirmation, the baptism, all of these different things, but there was never really a connection to a higher power. It was this thing that was in the sky that I was told to listen to. And, but I didn't really understand what that men, you know, so until I got to this program was when I understood really what power is and to have that conscious contact, um, you know, uh, grew up in Long Island, um, and well, Long Island and New Jersey and food was a religion in itself. Uh, you know, how we comforted ourselves was extra bowls of pasta. Um, how we dealt with, um, fights or reconciliation was ice cream, um, you know, there was always a chocolate cake in the house. There was always, uh, devil dogs, um, you know, and, and I ate it all. I mean, I remember as a kid, I would sit in front of the TV with strawberries, dip them in sugar and eat them because the strawberries weren't sweet enough as is, um, you know, and then I, I think I started to become obese around six or seven, um, so, you know, I've really been a compulsive overeater since the beginning. Um, one of the other stories I like to share is that my mom, she, she traveled a lot for work. So she was going on a trip to London and, uh, I started crying because she was leaving. And then, uh, my aunt came in and gave me a bowl of, uh, Cheetos or cheese doodles, whatever. And I stopped crying. So, you know, very indicative to food, soothing any emotions I would ever have um, then. And then going into high school, um, you know, still it's it, it's funny, like throughout this, I'm, I'm in Catholic school till fourth grade. And then we moved to uh, Long Island and uh, we were allowed to take a year off from church, which it's like, which is hilarious. Um, but whatever. So then we, we get back into Sunday school, we do our confirmation, we do all of these things. And now it's like, we're freed of church. So it was just like an interesting way. My parents saw, saw like this, you know, but holidays were really great. You know, like Christmas was packed. Like we, we cared about all the holidays, but there was again, no connection to a higher power. It was just kind of like a superficial thing. Um, you know, now I go, now I go, go off to college. Um, I'm binge eating. I have free license to get whatever food I want. Um, I, you know, I'm eating chicken, chicken fingers and, uh, uh, French fries in my bed, you know, getting like having a whole setup in my bed, just like eating between those things, getting, you know, a pumpkin pie, getting 
whatever other things I could get my hands on at school. Um, so my weight, you know, over the next few years goes up and down 50 pounds. Um, and I can't find any normal way of being in that front. Um, you know, I, I tried a lot of diets, you know, lack of power. That was our dilemma. Every diet I tried, it worked for a little bit and then it stopped working. Um, you know, between, you know, uh, trying to take caffeine to kill my appetite from doing vegan, from doing, um, commercial weight loss programs, um, from doing two marathons in one year, thinking like, okay, these things will fix my problems. Um, I remember that after the first marathon, I gained 30 pounds the month following because my body was so exhausted and burnt out um, that the only, and I was so annoyed that I couldn't keep working out. So I continued to eat more and then 30 pounds is all, all of a sudden back on my body in a month, you know, and then what's the solve for that? Another marathon. And around that time, my dad passes away from alcoholism and again, didn't know how to grieve that. Didn't know what that even looked like. Um, but then, but then this is like, you know, God, God tried to come Oh, five minutes. Okay. God tried to come in multiple times throughout my life, but I just always pushed it away. Um, one of the first times I tried to let God back in when my dad passed was, you know, I was like, well, maybe if I go back to the Catholic church on Sundays by myself, maybe I can reconnect, you know, and I think I had some healing there. I would cry and whatnot, but there was, there was again, no connection and I would go home and binge. And then, and then I go to an Al-Anon meeting thinking like, this will be the solution. And like that, and I still went home and binged after that. Um, and I also like, I didn't like what they were saying. So I'm like, I'm never going to that again. And then, um, yeah. So now we have, now we have a, that then after that following year, um, keep binging, keep restricting. I now can't exercise much anymore. Um, and I've quit my job because I think I'm smarter than everyone else. And, uh, meanwhile, I'm living on my mom's, you know, rent checks. I, I had no, I was in no position to have quit my job. Um, and just utter insanity the year before I come back to program. Um, and you know, my racking up thousands of dollars in bills for, you know, the food, the food, all the food delivery apps. And, um, Find, you know, through the grace of God, um, one day, you know, I'm talking to a friend and I was like, I'm leaving California. I'm going to go back to New York and live in my mom's basement. And she was like, is there any chance you would stay? I was like, I would stay if a job falls from the sky that week, a job fell from the sky. And like, I felt the power, you know, and I was like, wow, that I, I was being sarcastic, but a job fell from the sky. That was perfect for me. And then that week I heard this huge voice that said, you need to go back to OA. Um, so that's what brought me back into the rooms. That was um, oh, five more minutes. Um, that was in August, 2018. Um, you know, and now I have two years in the rooms where I didn't do the big book. You know, I was doing, you know, the OA 12 and 12, AA 12 and 12, which are great resources, but the big book is where we find our solution. And like, if we want the recovery these people have, we have to follow this direction, um, you know, and this is where I was able to find power and, you know, what it says, like 
this book enabled me to find a power that was going to solve my problem because clearly I had tried with a lot of diets to solve my problem, but never, never was it cured or at least like cured for the day. You know, I would make this resolution on, you know, the Sunday night or the Tuesday night, whatever resolution, this is my last binge ever. And then by three o'clock the next day, I'm binging again. Um, so yeah, I mean, so how do I, how do I build that power and how do I, um, you know, connect on a daily basis? So, you know, the main object is enable you to find a power greater than yourself to solve your problem, you know, and that means we've written a book that's spiritual as well as moral. Um, yeah. And I, I love that. Okay, I'll, I'll talk about this one. Many times we talk to a new man and watch his hope rise as we discuss his alcoholic problem. As I'm sure a lot of you relate to my story. And now I'm going to tell you, God is the answer. You know, so it, it's funny that this whole chapter is dedicated to like all of us naysayers, um, which I am a naysayer. I'm like, well, God clearly hasn't, you know, if I look at my past, I'm like, God, God clearly hasn't helped. But the funny thing is, is like, I was shown away when I was 15 years old, you know, it was my choice. It was my decision to not keep going. So there was multiple search and rescue parties that God tried to, you know, send for me, but I just, you know, too stubborn, didn't want to do it. Um, that wasn't the path I wanted to take. Um, so, you know, the food had to beat me more into submission for me to be open-minded enough to consider this as a solution. I mean, I remember in August, 2018, um, one of the leaders or the, the speaker was sharing and I was like, wow, this person had such a great share. And then they start talking about God at the end <laughs> as the solution. And like immediately our mind, mind, mind shuts. Um, but the thing is, when someone says they've been sober with food for 20 years, you're like, oh, wait, that's a, that's a, that's a result. Like I've never seen any of these commercial diets, you know, someone might lose their weight for five years and then all of a sudden it's back again. Um, you know, not until did I come to OA, did I see people have long-term recovery. That's uh, 10 now. I don't know what that little beep was before. You're just at 10. Oh, it's 10 now. Okay. Um, and that was enough to keep me coming back was to see that there was results, you know, that these AAs, these OAs must know something that I need to connect to, um, you know, and, and I love that this book, this book just calls us out in this chapter. Um, let's see what other ones I want to jump on. Yeah. No, okay. And then here, here, and I love the, the title of our meeting here, much to our relief, we discovered we did not need to consider another conception of God. Our own conception, however inadequate was sufficient to make the approach and make the contact. Um, so, so my higher power now is nothing like the higher power I had as a child. This is a higher power that cares about me. That's guiding me. That's teaching me, um, that wants the best for me. And a lot of the times that means walking through things that are uncomfortable, that are difficult because it's getting me to my highest self. Um, you know, so whether that's going to couples therapy or whether that's going to, um, have a difficult conversation with my boss or, you know, one of my friends, like I was at the Texas state fair the other day. And I was like, man, these people party, like really party. And I've never really been in a situation that's like that. And, you know, how God shows up is I reach out to a fellow. I reached out to Lindsay W and I was like, she gets it. <laughs> um, you know, 
so, you know, with fellows, that's, you know, that, that saying of God with skin on, um, where, you know, when, when I get a little wonky or get weird, you know, talking to the fellowship is, and connecting helps to bring me back to, um, okay, what would God happy be today? Um, you know, I, I more so, you know, I, I meditate, um, I do walking meditations, I do my prayer, um, you know, I do my outreach. I wouldn't say my concept of a higher power, it confines into any specific religion. And it's okay if it does for you. But I would say mine's more just an overbeing that's watching out for me and has my highest good and has my highest, you know, wants the best for me. Um, I mean, the last two jobs were rough that I had, but the thing is I learned the most, you know, I dealt with difficult personalities and it really working through those difficulties in recovery helped me to like work out those defects that were making me difficult to work with as a person, you know? And then now I have a great, great, great thing that I'm in that, um, you know, I love my coworkers and I, and I love the work I'm doing. Um, so it, there's the beauty in that and even leaning into relationships, um, you know, with the relationship with my boyfriend, like looking at the things we didn't want to acknowledge, you know, it's easier to just say like, oh, let's leave the elephant in the room and not deal with it. But through recovery and through um, working with my higher power, it's like, no, lean into the discomfort, lean into what, you know, you don't want to deal with and deal with it because then it ends up giving me such a brighter outcome that gives me more peace. Um, you know, so that, that is that, um, let's see if there's any other parts I want to talk about. And then, okay. The reader may still ask why he should believe in a power greater themselves. We think they are good reasons. Let us have a look at some. Um, so I love in this section, how it kind of talks about, you know, like the power, you know, we don't question if, if a light's going to turn on or not. Um, but like, why do I question if my higher power cares about an area of my life outside of food? You know, if, if my higher power was able to relieve me from my alcoholic foods for a year and a half, where I used to spend Friday nights eating three pints of ice cream, um, that's pretty powerful. That's a pretty powerful higher power. Um, so a, a lot of the times when, you know, I'm in fear or having issues or something to talk to my sponsor about it, it's always kind of that question, where are you being agnostic? Like what areas of your life are you um, not turning over to God or um, in fear that God doesn't have a plan? Um, you know, and I like that my sponsor also says, fully concede to my innermost self that God has a plan. Um, you know, that's another thing that kind of helps me to push against those disturbances when they come. Um, okay, there's any other parts. I think I'm good for now, but if there's any questions, I will do Q and A. Um, thank you guys for letting me perfect share. Perfect time. <laughs> oh, perfect. Love it, love it. Thank you so much, Kelly. That was awesome. All right, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track.
If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order. I'm going to do that, uh, not the Zoom host, and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. With the timekeeper, please set a timer for three minutes for each share. The announcement time is up. Awesome. Thank you, Tony. Um, the speaker is asked the question. Same thing. Please allow three minutes for the answer. Um, we are going to pause at 8.47 for the to start unrecorded sharing. Um, and with that, let's start with Anne L. Take it away. Hi, my name is Anne. I'm a compulsive overeater, gratefully recovered. Um, it's good to be back here. Um, you know, thank um, all of those people that are doing service at the meeting and thank you, Kelly, for your share. Um, you know, I have to um, say I grew up um, Catholic also and um, I didn't like um, how God was portrayed to me or um, the Catholic faith. I, um, I, I was afraid most of the time of, um, of God. And I don't know why, um, but I had that fear early on. Um, and I always felt like God was gonna get me. <laughs> um, waiting to be, um, I don't know what, I don't know what, but I, was just, I just had this big fear of it. And, um, and um, I, um, I, I tried to be a good girl, but I think I always ended up getting in trouble for something and I don't always know what it was but I was always in trouble. Um, I whistled in church. <laughs> um, I think I was about eight years old and somebody was going really fast down the aisle. I whistled church and everyone looked at me and I felt like I needed to crawl under the pew. Um, but anyway, um, to get past that to, um, um, at some point in my life, I, um, I just got extremely um, crazy. I, I went to Al-Anon and I, I did nothing in Al-Anon. I just went. It was a social event. Um, I, um, I had therapists um, or very early on. And um, I think, um, you know, <laughs> I went for a couple of years every week, every Saturday. And you know what I believe? Um, I believe at some point she told me she was moving and um, that might've been just to get rid of me. So I didn't keep coming to her because I wasn't making any progress. Anything. Um, and I just, I remained very crazy and not very high strung. And um, I, eventually I started overeating um, at that point. And um, you know, it's, it's um, funny now because um Every, and, and, you know, I, I came to this program and I threw out everything that I thought that I understood or I knew about um, God or higher power or anything else. And I had to start over fresh again. And, um, you know, the first thing that I thought of was um, um, an essence or a being that was, um, that liked me and that cared for me and that um, kind of... Um, um, learned how to grow inside of me, um, kind of like a plant. 
and um, and that I had to tend to that plant. I had to water it and nurture it, and um, and let it become a part of me on the inside, and um, and time. all of oh sorry and thanks everybody. <laughs> thanks for your share, Anne. Next up is going to be Lisa C. Take it away. Hi, everybody. My name is Lisa and I am a compulsive overeater. Thanks, Kelly. I love the way you, the way you describe some things, the search and rescue. Like I was kept on sending you search and rescue. You just never went with them. And I always, I related that to, I always called it window of opportunities. I believe that we all have windows of opportunities. We just don't take them. And that our higher power, even before I got into program, was sending, sending all these, you know, uh, rescues to me, you know, um, so I really like that and um, fully concede to my innermost being that God has a plan. Oh, I love that. That was, that's, you know, I always, you know, that, that I'm, I always use it, concede to my innermost self that I am a compulsive overeater, but you know, to know that God also has a plan. So I'm going to use that tool. That's one of my new tools. Um, and the other thing you said was God tried to come back in, but I wouldn't, I would push him out. You know, that's that same search and rescue. But um, I also grew up in, in New Jersey and I could relate to the devil dogs. <laughs> it's like, they only have them up there. And I was, I, I, I was also raised Catholic, but it didn't, it didn't um, seem to really damage me. I had no connection also though. I had no connection with that religion. And, um, but I remember as a small child, though we, you know, believing in God, um, cause I remember, you know, when I hear ambulances, I'd always say, Oh God, help them. So I always knew down inside that there was something out there. I just didn't have it connected within me until I got into the rooms of recovery. So, um, thank you for sharing your heart and that's all I have tonight. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Lisa. Next up is Nancy P. You have the floor. <laughs> Thanks, Ian. Nancy P. Kevin Westman, Massachusetts. This is my favorite chapter, so I, I could not stay silent. And um, I love every bit of it. And um, my personal favorite page is 47, but 45 is a good um, appetizer, if you'll forgive the metaphor. And um, I love that word, obviously. And I love it because nothing is ever obvious to me. I have to be hit on the head with a two by four just to get my attention. And um, you know, I'd be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Meanwhile, the idea of any sort of godish kind of a thing, it made me feel like I had an itchy sweater on and a pair of shoes that was a half a size too small. And my problem, I mean, since I was a kid, since my mother first told me, my mother and father were together, but my mother did the talking, told me about God and said, God is everywhere. And I remember looking at the woodwork thinking, even behind there, like, really? And, um, it says, much to our relief, we decided we discovered we did not need to consider another's conception of God. And that was like, that is exactly what I thought I had to do for all those years. And I didn't like the cross, the crescent, or the star. And I wished I was a Catholic because those people seem to have it, like, know what to do. Um, and I'm, I don't like any of those. I don't like, I don't like them, any of them. And um, so I no longer wish that I'm a Catholic. Um, but I had to do something, right? I had to, because I was completely screwed. 
when therefore we speak to you of God, we mean your own conception of God. This applies too to other spiritual expressions which you find in this book, like huge sigh of relief there for Nancy B. And, um, you know, it says, um, at the start, this was, you know, ask yourself what they mean to you. At the start, this is all we needed to, to commence spiritual growth to affect our first conscious relation with God as we understood him. The word afterward means after step 11, because nothing happened for me in real time in the, while I was going through these steps. I was just like, whatever, just, I'm not eating compulsively. And, you know, little by slow, I came to my own conception and this very meeting's name helped validate me. If we wished to grow, we had to begin somewhere. So we used our own conception, however limited it was, or not limited in my case, I have this conception I don't call it anything. I call it the thing that takes care of me or when pressed the goose because it's like a goose that laid the golden egg. And, you know, I just expect it to work. And if I, you know, the same way that I expect my GPS to work. And if it doesn't work in my car, I don't bash my dashboard open and say, geez, I wonder how to fix that. I don't lift up the hood of my car and say, gosh, I'll just rip this thing out and see if that's what the problem is. That's beneath my radar or outside or whatever. I like, I bring my car to somebody who knows how to fix it and who cares. Um, about it. I just expect this thing that takes care of me to work. And you know what? It does. Because, yep, it's, it doesn't, it's not in my, it's not written down, it's not in my phone, it's not in a book, it's in my brain. And it's become a working part of my brain. And I'll tell you one last thing and I'll, and I'll stop. I feel the presence of it most acutely when I'm working with other people. And with that, I'll pass. All right. Thank you, Nancy. Next up is Amalia. Hi, um, Amalia, Compulsive Overeater. Um, thank you so much, Kelly. I really, really appreciated hearing your share today or tonight. Um, and I really liked that you shared what it was like, um, like in the detail you did because, and not just like with the food, but also with the God stuff. Obviously, like we're reading this chapter, it makes sense. But um, I just think it's really important to remember um, because like for the food, like I'll start with the food. Like I forget that I like, sometimes I just forget that that's the way I used to be. And that I was like, so, so crazy with the food. Um, and great. Like, I'm so grateful that somehow today it's not calling my name, which is maybe tomorrow it will, but for today it's not. So, but I think it's just so important to remember those intricate details. Like I also grew up in New Jersey. I was not raised Catholic, but I was raised Jewish. And it was a very like food. Oh my God. Crazy. Like I was home for the weekend, literally this past weekend. And like every single event we did as a family was centered around food. Gratefully, I don't need to rely on that for my sense of ease and comfort. Um, but then I still have to deal with people. So that's when, you know, God comes in again. It's not just with the food, it's with that. So I really appreciate you sharing that as well. And how like your, your sense of a higher power God is not like any religion. It's just like some overall being thing that I think you said takes care of you, but maybe that was someone else. So I'm not sure. Um, but I, I definitely related to that and I agree. And I think that's like a really important thing that I wish so many people knew um, so that people could like more people would be not as turned away from 12 step programs um, I'm grateful that somehow the God thing didn't freak me out in the beginning, but I also like, don't think I really even understood what it was when I started. I was just like, oh yeah, sure. God. Okay. 
but like I was like no I'm totally gonna do my will like let life run based on what I want rather than what God wants me to be and do so um anyway thank you so much for your share and your service um and with that I'll pass thank you Amalia next up is Lisa and take it away Hey, uh, Lisa, recovered Muslim reader in Georgia. Thank you so much, Kelly. Um, I, I I remember here, like at the first of the pandemic, hearing you on meetings, and um, I just really appreciate your presence. And anyway, thanks for being here. Um, I I'm I love that you brought up page forty five. I'm looking at it on my phone a little bit. Um, I uh, hold on a second. Lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live and it had to be a power greater than ourselves, obviously, but where and how were we to find this power? And I love I love how this, this chapter, um, it, it tells us where that higher power is. And I don't know if this is me getting older or maybe more recovered, I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter, but I, I see the God or the higher power in, 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 in everything, you know, not, not just people, but everything, you know, I, I, when I'm walking the lake and stuff, I see it. I, I see it. Um, and I believe now what it says in this chapter about how it's deep down within us, you know, um, anyways. Um, and then I also, I, also, I was kind of chuckling at the next chapter about or the next paragraph. Well, exactly. That's what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself. Well, I thought the purpose, the, the main purpose of the book was to tell me how to dr stop drinking or stop eating. And it's not, it's, th that's so not it. And I did not get that um, coming in. And that didn't matter either because as I work these steps and I have a spiritual awakening or a spiritual experience, I have the psychic change. Um, I get it at the end. You know, and it was like somebody else had said, like, I, they talk about, you know, the frequent new, frequent contact with newcomers, the bright spot of our lives or something like that. And um, I get that today, you know, I mean, I'm experiencing that today. Um, so anyway, that's all I got. Thanks, Kelly. Awesome. Awesome, Lisa. Thank you very much. Okay, I don't see anyone else with their hand raised. Anybody want to share? Lou, take it away. All right, thank you so much, Kelly. What a great meeting, wow. I was like, I wish I didn't miss like 15 minutes of it. I was like, wow, I really need to go to a meeting after my nap. Um, um, I really appreciate everyone shares and, um, and that like hope starts to happen once in recovery. Um, I was on step four, but I relapsed so hard last night. I don't, I got really sick today. Um, and I just picked it back up again. Um, but yeah, one thing that kind of made me like realize it is God knows how important my dog Nancy was to me. She died um a month ago and she was like talking to me in my dream like and then I was kind of like okay well I have to stop fucking around because 
I have to take care of myself and I have three animals to take care of and I have dreams and goals that this disease is denying me. And um, so I really appreciate people sharing their stories and um, their relationship with God. It's a very complicated one, but it also can be really simple, which is cool. I'll pass. All right. Thank you for your share, Blue. Um, let's move on to unreported sharing. Oh, die. 